Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm going back to where the beach is near. Oh, the beer is to you. There's plenty of other women out of the crowd. Well, I'm being told that Average Joe's does not have enough players and will be forfeiting the championship match. So bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. All right, boys, thanks for taking the time to speak to us on this special rugby review for the Sligo Way podcast. Stephen, Killian, Conan, great to have you here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's great to be here. Conan, uh, you're over, over in the Southern Hemisphere now at the moment, so you're at early doors in New Zealand about half eight in the morning. Yeah, just rolled out of bed there, had the breakfast and came on to the podcast. So. Yeah, well, straight back into it after this. <laughs> straight back into yeah, it. Yeah. The, the busy day ahead of me, you know. Yeah. Trying to attack the day, Killian. So I'm going to I'm going to just uh, run through some of the, the teams that you guys have played for you. Um, Conan, you're the biggest club whore here, anyways, because I nearly ran out of space writing all the teams you played. For. <laughs> so. More clubs than Tiger Woods. Uh, <laughs> Mark Kelly, yeah. So Stephen, <laughs> Sligo, Connacht, Corinthians, Ireland Twenties, Young Monster, back to Sligo again at Bristol. Killian, Sligo, Connacht, Corinthians, Ireland Eighteens, Captain Irish Twenties, and Irish Under Sixteens basketball. Conan, yourself. I might need to take a pause before I go into this. Uh, Sligo, Connacht, Irish 20s, NUIG, Galwegians, Buccaneers, Sunrise, Highlanders, Counties, Manicou, High School Old Boys, the Polar Bears, and doing a bit of training with the Crusaders as well. And, and St. Mary's, of course. No, I have that as well here. I've, I've, I've St. Mary's, well, more Nave Owen, I believe. You're more, more of a hurler, Conan. Oh, I was a, a strong out full forward back in the fail winning days. Well, it's funny you should say, Phil, I've been told to highlight here, there was a, a top-scoring campaign at the under-14s, I believe. 6-1. That's what I scored. <laughs> didn't, didn't use the hurl Didn't use the hurl one. I was going to say, not one goal scored using the hurl. Kicked the slitter every time. Ran it. <laughs> and, for, and for that point, I, I was actually going for goals, but I just miskicked it and went over the bar instead. <laughs> did, I, did I see there not too long ago, you, you talked out in uh, Christchurch for a team, did you? I played for... Um, a Wellington team. They were missing players and a few players went down so I got the helmet of someone and got the hurl of someone else. Got a pair of shorts and t-shirt that were about two sizes too small for me and didn't touch the ball once. Made Same good runs done. though. Same as back in the field of days though. Yeah, I, was, I was great back then. Lost my touch. So boys, you might touch on that for a little bit just before we go into the, the rugby side of things but we'll talk broader about sports. Um, Killian and Kernsey, St. John's you played a bit with. Uh, Killian, you've had a few other loves before you settled with the rugby. Uh, soccer at the early age um, was a big one for you. 
Yeah, no, it was my first sport. Um, I think it was probably the only sport I played till I was 12. I probably played a little bit of Gaelic when I was kind of 11 or 12 or so. Um, but no, pretty much soccer till 12, 13-ish, and then I just started branching out into nearly everything. Uh, Marvel United? Yeah, big time. Yeah, Marvel, the, the Seagulls, Marvel Sea Team. I can't, <laughs> I, I can't pray as now that I'm Sea Sea View, Sea View. <laughs> of course. And that's where, that's where the nickname Crouchy was uh, created, I believe, back in the under 14s. No, yeah, it was, it was actually, I was nine years of age. Yeah, no, it was my cousin cursing me. So I've, I've had it a long time now. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy how things can stick. Um, yeah. So, like, obviously, soccer for a good while, and I don't think, really think it was basketball. Then you kind of you, you got into and you really started to focus hard on that then for a while, didn't you? Yeah, I took up rugby and basketball at roughly similar time. Uh, end of first year, start of second year in Summerhill kind of time. Uh, played both kind of pretty evenly for a long time, but then around maybe 14, 15 age, um, yeah, I just started playing a lot more basketball. Played a lot with like all stars and got picked for an Irish team and was kind of. Spent a year there just traveling all over Europe with them and, and playing in lots of different tournaments. Yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot of transferable skills there in basketball, especially. And uh, Kenzie, was Gaelic would have been your big, bigger one from the early doors, was it? Yeah, I would have I, I played a good bit of Gaelic, load of soccer. I kind of mixed between all three of them, like soccer, Gaelic, rugby. Um, just anything I could do to get out of school, to be honest. Um, so, like, if it was a game on a Monday, I'd try and be there. If there's a game on a Tuesday, Wednesday, all the way through. Um, yeah, I think Gaelic and St. John's was brilliant the whole way through. I still go back and do a bit of training during the off-season. They've been just really good uh, club to be involved with um, and always trying to push push themselves a bit further. And then um, same with soccer as well. Like, you know, started in St. John's and uh, all the way through into Summerhill. So, um, again, all sports. I had to pick, make, make my decision at about seventeen. Um, so I obviously chose rugby in the end, but uh, no, played all of them all the way through. Like, and Conan, what was your early doors? I, I with the rugby as well. You were a winger. Oh, when you my first one would have been Gaelic. I yeah. played Gaelic since I was three or four years old, and still was no good. Oh, jeez, the point of Gaelic. Would have been years old. <laughs> if I was any good at Gaelic, I wouldn't be in New Zealand. I'd be trying to play for that kind of team. <laughs> Ever since I didn't make that county under sixteen team, I, I gave up on that dream. So. Yeah, good stuff. And like that, that was um, like I mean, boys, you've obviously been quite high performers in, in, in the rugby world. And you know, the big debate about specialising in sports early doors really like you guys are proving that get out there and play everything, get get involved in a bit a bit of all sports, you know, and, and leave that them kind of decisions till you're later because like. Killing with yourself, especially, it wasn't really until you're about 17, 18 that you kind of went focused on the rugby more, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was 17. Um, I went to a European Championships with basketball when I was 16, and I don't think I played a game. I think I played one game ever after that. Um, I, had a, I had a bit of a knee injury, which wasn't even that bad. It was just niggling for a long time. So I kind of stepped away from it and then just kind of transferred more into rugby. Um, got more involved with Connacht, and that kind of pulled me in a lot. Um, but yeah, look, a lot, a lot of stuff transferred uh, over. Um, Line out stuff, a lot of handling stuff that like benefited me so much in rugby. A lot of it I got from playing basketball. Um, no, I, I think I think anyone like no matter what one you want to play longer term, play as much as you can because look if you're lucky enough to go on to play at a, at a higher level, you're going to be playing it for long enough anyway. Um, so that you, you don't need to be start you know 14, 15, 16, 17 years of age. You don't need to be isolating yourself to just one sport. Yeah, but, and then boys, obviously like there's the Summerhill connection. We'll, we'll go into the the Summerhill rugby then, but. We'll go into the rugby club in your your early days. So there's a bit of there's a year difference, I think, isn't there? About a year and a bit between you all, like uh, Conan and Stephen. You were on the same team 
Killian, you were the year below the boys, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. I am. Um, same age as Shane O'Hare and a few other boys uh, like Darren Cummins and stuff who went on to, to play yeah, like Ryan Feely, yeah. Um, so we were I was a year below um, and we stayed that way till under 17s. Um, yeah, and so that's what I was, I was going to come to. So under 17s was the first year that you all kind of were, were together in, in the same squad. And I think that was a really, really um, high performance, successful squad. Uh, Des Cosgrove was your, as your, your manager. Now you had a long list of, of, of a backroom team here. You had Mickey O'Hare as the forwards coach, John Davies, your backs. And your backroom team, I believe it was Joe Walsh, Barry McConkey, Cahill Callan, and Pat Curran. It's a bit of a, a galactical dream team, isn't it? <laughs> yes, um, it's amazing to get. Like, I mean, I think that probably just shows the big thing about John. And I think uh, people always ask about different coaches and stuff. And I think John was amazing in, for, for a lot of us because my, he might not have been the most amazing coach, but he was an amazing like facilitator. Like He had Barry McConkey one-on-one scrummaging with Conan in his shoes out on the side pitch and like you know he had he'd, you know we'd get in Gav Foley we'd get in Joe for our defence we'd have you know we'd always have someone new in each week uh, on something new we had to, to work on and he'd just literally have that all set up the best people in the club just in one week the next week could be someone else and we're always kind of obviously we had our set coaches there um, and all the boys were amazing but I think you know having that like you know direction to have someone in each week something different and the likes of Joe which we never would have had before was very stern and very like you know he took took no shit and you know that was probably a new thing. Got a rude awakening when I had him for the first time. You're lucky to avoid having Joe. You're 17. I had him from the age of 13 up to 20. <laughs> <laughs> Still didn't put manners on you, did he? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Joe's Joe's a top man, and he's um this year now he's doing a really good role. He's like kind of director over the underage structures. And he's um, like upskilling and the coaches from 13 to, to 16, and he's, he's doing a lot with the with the players as well. So Joe massively involved. Still, as are most of them fellas there. John Davies doing a lot of work administratively with, with Summerhill and with Connacht as well. Um, and Michael, as you know, lads, I don't think he ever takes a day off the rugby at all. Um, and just to go back into this 17s team, uh, Killian, I believe you absolutely broke their hearts from that age for about 15 to 18, trying to get you out. Uh, Michael uh, said it to me about 10 I times. Uh, I, I was a nightmare, yeah. No, I was getting pulled up both ends. So one yeah. week I was one week I was full basketball, the next yeah, full rugby. I, I think there was actually one weekend which was which was crazy enough. Um, I think it was the All Ireland semi final, or it was either the All Ireland semi final or the Connacht final down in Galway in the sports ground on the side pitch there. But we had a we had an All Ireland basketball tournament in the same weekend. So I went down on the Friday, uh, played um, All Ireland basketball. Um, the 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 kind of runners the the start of the tournament or whatever and true and then on the Saturday went out and played the semi final or, or the final or whatever it was and went back on the Sunday in Galway again to uh, play the All Ireland final and ended up winning that but I think I think Des Des didn't know um, that I was playing <laughs> basketball and he was he was wondering where I was on the Friday there was supposed to be a team uh, there was supposed to be a team run out and I was down in Galway playing basketball he you know but uh, yeah no look they were they were I was getting pulled up both ends but. Thankfully, I made it work somehow. Sometimes, anyway, not not without yeah, breaking a few hearts along the way. I'm pretty sure Mickey drove to your house one day, but you had the curtains closed. You were hiding behind the, uh, the curtains, so he couldn't get you to out to the rugby club. <laughs> Happened a few occasions, didn't it? Uh, probably, yeah. Not I, I owe a lot to a few lads like that. That yeah, had they left me, had they left me behind, God knows where I'd be now. And I was and another one Mickey has said to me over the years as well about this arriving to the match on the back of the bus and then shouting up, Mick, Mick, I don't have my boots with me, I can't play. <laughs> <laughs> For God's sake. Yeah. And, and, then, and, then, the and, boots. 
and then he'd land out with a pair of his own boots with a hole in the front and no studs in the bottom. Oh, yeah, play, you'll play him in the grand. So I'd learn my lesson for the week after and make sure. <laughs> you know, play your leather boots from the 70s. Like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With the ankle support. Yeah. Rock hard. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a really good team, boys. Like that 17s team. And I was just doing a bit of luck earlier. Like, in, like after we'll, we'll talk about that 70s a bit more, but like you went into the Connacht representative teams that year. I'm looking here, the two years in a row, there's about seven or eight lads in the Saigo team went on, went to Connacht um, in, in the one, Jack Keegan, Conan, Matty Cosgrove was captain that year, Stephen, Dara Byrne, Dara Cummins, Joe Conway, and then Killian in your year, yourself, Liam McElhenney, Dara Cummins, Shane O'Hare, Ryan Feely, Andy Farrell, Harry Moussa, Paul Coyne, and TJ Ford, like so, there's a really, really, really um, special crop of, of lads that were coming through in those two years. Oh yeah, no. Uh, I was actually talking with someone recently about the academy and the way it was at the time. There, there was literally a time where the Connacht Academy and Sub Academy was just propped up with Sligo lads. Like every, every second lad was a Sligo person. Um, it was I was even the rep, between representative teams and uh, and the academy and Sub Academy. They're everywhere. So tell us, boys, what were your memories that under seventeen year? Like you had a, you, you, I think you won the Connacht final comfortably enough. You hammered them, didn't you? And and um, talk us through some of your memories of that campaign. You broke your finger, Stephen. Yeah, I, I broke my finger in that uh, final against Bucks. We bet them like 55-7. It was like, and they were supposed to be one of the better teams. And even this now, this they, they had a lot of lads from that team went into the academy um, and just a really solid, um, solid team. But, I mean, I guess when, like our age, myself and Conan's age, the team we had all the way up, we were used to winning every single week. We were unbelievable in fairness. But then combined with some of the younger lads um, from Killian's year, um, it was just like a super dream team, you know? Um, and I think, like, it was, a, you don't really get it too often, but like when you're with a team and even if you're losing, you know you're going to win. Um, it was one of those teams. I think it was just a, like a great group of lads who were just buzzing to get out and play, like, you know? It's the best thing you'll ever do. Like I know when you have a tight group that age and when you're very successful, like the team I was involved with under 18s, like we had a very successful one Connors, won the All Ireland final. But like it's just a, that that special bond you have with them fellas, you have it for life, you know. Like I I'd still pick up the phone and chat to one of the lads and then Perth or another fella here, and it's as if it was it's still the time from the under 18s and the crack. Like so, you know, it's yeah, really, uh, I think special those bonds. I, I completely agree. Like I think one of the big memories for me, like I, I don't know about the lads, um. The likes of like uh, Boiler's Boiler's younger brother, like he used to be in every single team huddle, Mikey, and he used to like you know we used to have like all a big buzz and like he he'd, he'd have the crack with us afterwards. But he came to our, our all our, our our World Cup final to you know celebrate because he was still a part of the team with us. If that makes sense. And then when we went on to play uh, international with the twenties and stuff, like he even showed up uh, with the family and like you know uh, with Boiler to come and watch the games and stuff like that. So I just think. So it was like for us, it was class, but like for everyone involved, everyone enjoyed it just as much, you know. I think it was a great time. And then, like at the same time as well, in Summerhill, Ross Mannion would have been playing with the senior team and he would have been coaching you. And Stephen, I think your brother was Rory coaching as well at the time and he would have been a captain of the senior team, I think. Uh, yeah, we, well, Killian might have had, like we we actually didn't have a senior cup team, which is actually hilarious in uh, <laughs> so our final after Killian's team, yeah. Yeah, it's actually bizarre, yeah. all three of us being there, but not actually having a senior cup team this year. Before. 
but I'm, I'm proud to say, boys, things, things, things have been, you know, pushing on. I think when Ross came in that next year, then like it's really been going in strength from strength till then. And he, he was amazing in fairness to us. Like I mean, the same with like Ross would have came in and like you know he he would have talked to us more on a like a personal level and 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 you know really would have brought other things out of us like being able to actually chat to you and talk through stuff and like let you have like you know more of your own opinion and form an opinion with his uh, advice and help and he'd show you in the right direction so i think uh rock was very good at that age because we all were able to like you know have all you know really push on in that sense you know so what were your memories boys from, from playing in, in that summer of the teams that year yeah, I think the boys, we pretty much every year the way it worked in Summerhill when we were there was kind of like, who can we get together? To, can we get a team together? It was it was just that kind of way at the time um, because a lot of the lads in Sligo, not all of them went to Summerhill. Um, so I know, I think the two boys, by the time they, they were there uh, or in their leaving start year, uh, there wasn't much. I think there was maybe talks of something happening, but it never happened. Um, but fortunately enough, uh, in our in my, my leaving start year, we managed to scrape together a team, I think, we're just campaigning for as long as can, and I think we, I think we had nine players and a squad of twenty who were actually rugby players. We just got a couple of galas, then we just begged them to play, and uh, we decided to enter the development cup at the start of the year. We're like, we like, we won't have, we won't have a team for the senior cup, so we'll enter development. And then um, I think it was Adrian Barrett said no. He just, he just threw us into the main senior cup. And we're like, oh, look, fine, like we won't win a game, but uh, we'll do it for the crack. And uh, we just started playing games and. To be fair, the first uh, two or three games that were in the knockout stages or whatever, the, the round robin stages, but like we were just kind of scraping through, um, scraping scrape through games. Um, some some great play, but like I think I think it was uh, Garbley or something away at one stage. We just had one little moment where we were uh, we were down, and then we went ahead in the middle of the game. I think it was a Neil Murray try. <laughs> I remember he scored it from forty meters out or something. Popped up the ball between his own legs and and like stepped a few lads. But I just remember the way the momentum kind of shifted. And like after that, there was no looking back. Um, I think the big highlight of that year was the Connacht semi-final, um, which was in the Grammar against the Grammar. And like what games I've ever played since then, I think that game will stand out my memory. It was insane. There was more, there was more Summerhill students there than there was Grammar students. The, that much of the school had come down. You know, it was the that when Joe Gorman dressed as the Pope. Joe Gorman, <laughs> he put the flag we, in the middle like, of the pitch. We, we, that picture pops up all the time. It's brilliant. Yeah, so oh, I was surfing. We were, we were in the changing room. <laughs> You know, just kind of getting ready for it and getting ourselves hyped. And we walked out and we see this lad prancing around us, the Pope, plans the tricolor. And like, never have lads who were already pretty hyped just got absolutely up for it. I like, I, I remember every second of that game and it was incredible. And look, winning that and going on to the final was class, but I think that was nearly our final in a way. And um, we went on and it, that was actually, that there was only a kick in it. There was the a miss of a conversion is all that was ended up uh, losing us the final. But the year overall for what started off being essentially just a bit of crack and we do a development cup to nearly winning it was it was amazing. And it's 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 on it's on really for, for from from the senior rugby club perspective is when those two teams are firing both cylinders and the grammar and summer hill when they're both playing in them semi-final matches and and and, and having an absolute war, you know, it actually the players don't realise it then but they grow so much in those games. Yeah. And and um that that intensity um it's something that you kind of you don't lose it once you've been in them battles, you don't lose it and you, you kind of come out a bit battle hardened and it's it's just kind of prepares you for senior rugby because I know a couple of years ago when we were with Summer Hill and we got to the, that final against um, the Jazz and we lost like that campaign, bet the grammar as well and bet Garbley in the semi-final and it's just phenomenal, phenomenal experience and, and, and just the emotion and the passion the guys showed and 
I said it was a really good grammar team. The grammar won the league that year, so they'd come, they'd won the league and somewhere he got to the senior cup final and lost. But out of that age group, then you know, about nine lads came into the, the senior AIL squad and like they're still there. So it's just you know, whenever those two teams are really knocking the most lumps out of each other, <laughs> that's when it's really good, good, good for Sligo, you know. So th- that was a really good experience for you boys as well. And we'll just probably go back a little bit, step back a bit more and go into you boys individually before we go into some, some of the, the Irish stuff and, and the pro stuff. So, uh, Killian, yeah, we'll start off with you a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so, you know, ringing around, getting a bit of background, we, we talked about the, the basketball career and, and breaking Mickey's heart and, and, and whatnot with the under-18s. Right. That, that, uh, Summer Hill, that Summer Hill team there that you got to the, the final in, like, pretty much after that then, you, you actually got the Connacht under-18 Schools Player of the Year, I think, that year after that cup campaign. Yeah, I think so, possibly, yeah, yeah. So, but so then there was you went in, in into that into the Irish schools then like so that was a busy a busy oh year. yeah no that it, it was it's, it's kind of all a blur because there's that much going on at the time um, yeah no it was that year it went and I think after Christmas the first oh I, I do remember now because I actually uh, one of one of many many injuries down the list but I, I tore my LCL on my knee at Christmas in a training session with Summerhill um, <laughs> about two days before an Irish twenties camp. Um, it was my or sorry Irish 18s camp. It was my second camp. Um, I rang them up and I was like, "Here, look, uh, this is great two LCL." But they were like, "Oh, come up anyway." So we went up and I was like, "Right, we'll we'll see what we can do." So they literally strapped me from from gooch to ankle. I had pretty much a cast on my left leg, and I just kind of like hot waddled around with a straight leg for for two or three days in Cool Mine at a camp. And ask Conan about uh, ask Conan about scrummaging on the backfield in Cool Mine going up that hill with um. Oh my God. <laughs> like there was probably, like tons of weight in that machine and you had to like scrummage it up the hill for proper proper old school sled of a machine and like the it was like a, it was a hill in the back of your mind that you would literally yeah. just push it up and then push it down and up and down I, I had no need but uh, I remember that and yeah we went to went to France went to Toulouse that year to play for FIRA um, and in, in I think what was only in at that level of rugby the second uh, penalty shootout of all time we pretty insane when you think because if you look at that team with the amount of people who went on to play professional or or, or higher um but we uh, we yeah, lost, did you was we, it against Georgia that you lost in the penalty shootout we drew three all against Georgia and like I, I got concussed after fifty five minutes knowing me but um it went to a penalty shootout and um we were like you know, against Georgians. The Georgians, they're, they're strong men, like, yeah. really kind of wrestling background, but, like, surely the football inside will have them here, but <laughs> our lads stepped up, and I won't name names, but our lads stepped up, and it's a bit dodgy. It was, uh, I think, one or two scores out of five or, or whatever. It didn't go too well, and uh, Georgian wingers steps up and slots them, misses a few, and I, I remember the one to win it, this number eight stepped up. Like, he was he was built like Conan, and, like, the man, <laughs> had, never, the man had never kicked a ball in his life. And he, he, he put the, the ball straight up into his post and big long run up, must have been 10 metres, and just like plows at it, toe pokes the thing, and it sails over the bar. And we were out of fear after one game, after after a 3-0 draw to Georgia. Because <laughs> I, yeah. I was doing a bit of Googling earlier, and then an article came up from yourself, Killian, talking about the World Cup campaign. Like the headline was like, Killian Gallagher, I hate Georgia. I hope not Georgia. Yeah, Sabah will be listening to me now. I don't hate Georgia. It's just my luck against them. That was my first game. Uh, it's time playing against Georgia. I get concussed and we lose. Uh, we lose the penalty shoot. And then the second game against Georgia was was the Junior World Cup. And yeah, uh, it was I wasn't after you were playing them, wasn't it? Yeah, again. Yeah, I, w- I wasn't due to be playing. Um, 
we, the, the team was rotated and I was, I was due to be arrested. And uh, the, the morning of it, another lad pulled out. So they're like, I oh, will throw you on the bench. You shouldn't be playing. Um, but just leave, leave you off the cover. But yeah, 55, 60 minutes in, I, I go onto the pitch and then some lad just lobbed the shoulder into me a rock and popped my shoulder out. And that was my World Cup over. But uh, yeah, I haven't had the best luck against Georgia by any means. Bastards. Anyway, we, 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 we'll have to get on to our, our Sligo Georgian International uh, Kakabar to see if he can extend an olive branch. We might be able to do something all these years later for you. Yeah. So, boys, I think they might write you a letter of apology. <laughs> yeah. I have a picture here actually, and it was one that was in Summer Hill that's up on the wall. It's, it's, it's the tree of you with the a Summer Hill flag um, after an Irish match. Yeah, I remember it. Yeah. Uh, in, that was in Donnybrook. Uh, in Donnybrook, yeah. That? Pat, Pat, Pat Tui actually brought up um, a PE class or something for that. Ran up to it. He brought up like three busts of Summer Hill students. <laughs> yeah, it was unbelievable. Like it was class. It was awesome. Um, I don't know. Was that Italy or Scotland at home? I think it wasn't the first game, which was uh, Italy, 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 Italy. Italy, was yeah. the I don't think game. I played that game. Did I? No, I didn't play that game. Well, the three of you were talking down no. unless, unless you were doing a John Terry in it. I'd yeah. say it's a John the Terry. Second, the... Second last game was it was way oh, Wales in Scotland then it was, it was Wales was the first one Wales Scotland was the last France, one Italy was the France, second England. last one Wales France England Italy Scotland yeah so it was yeah Italy or Scotland, Scotland. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know which one you played the last Drake two games the you? were playing together yeah yeah, yeah. yeah no he would have been playing them and then talk yeah. us look absolute massive honour uh, that that match against Italy when you were named captain that that was obviously a pretty big pretty big moment. Yeah, look, you, you'll see you'll see a bit of a running team throughout here when I when I talk about these stories. But yeah, um, no massive honor. And look, coming into my second year in twenties, I, I definitely wanted to have a big year. And uh, we we won the first game over in Scotland, so it was a good uh, a good start. And then we went uh, we went down to Italy um, as named captain for the game, and it, it was in a it was in a pitch in the middle of nowhere in Italy. I don't think the people around knew they were who was. Um, so we're running the stadium here, and the pitch was a bit of a bog, but. Started off very slowly and um, tried to try to impose it as I could, but then yeah, same old sort of thing, lying in the bottom of the rock, and someone throws a shoulder in, and my shoulder pops out again. Did opposite shoulder this time. It was, it was only it was only about three months later. It was only my third game after doing the other one. Uh, I didn't really know what happened at the time. Uh, it, it was five, maybe five minutes before before half time. So I just kind of played on and yeah, went in at half time. Because I was looking at it, it was kind of subluxing in and out, but. Uh, Massive honour, but didn't go just like a lot of other stuff with these stories. Didn't go just exactly how I wanted. It's like that back room was actually stacked at the time as well. Gavin Coombs on the bench, Caelan Doris, Paul Boyle, and then uh, Jack Regan on the bench as well. Luke Conan, yeah, um, over there in New Zealand there recently. Have you? Yeah, no, the team. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he is. The boys are they're getting together. The between the two teams I played on, the people as we've gone international and pro, the, the percentiles is, is huge. And um, it was actually Jordan Lamore who saved that game. Uh, we were down uh, quite late in the game. He caught the ball on our 22 and, and as, he, as he's done many times since, ran the pitch himself and, uh, and won for us. Um, it's, um, it's, it's just absolutely crazy to have three lads from, from the locality playing for Sligo at GVs. Like these Irish stories together, like, you know, waxing off these nails, Jordan Armour and whatnot, you know, it's, 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 it's the, the club are so proud of what you boys have done. Stephen, we'll, 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 we'll pause the, the Irish ones there and Stephen, I'm going to jump back to you here for a little bit and uh, we'll, we'll, build, we'll build it up again and then bring, bring back more towards the, the, the pro times. But uh, Stephen, the feedback from a lot of people on yourself, extremely intense. Extremely <laughs> intense individual. Hardly. They didn't say that, did they? Yeah, it seems to be one of the, the, the buzzwords I keep getting. <laughs> 
Intensely intelligent, no? We're going to rewind, rewind things back to the thing. So you came from being an absolute hellraiser. You had to, as a young fella, you were down the back of buses when they wouldn't stop to let you in. You caused absolute puck. Uh, John Davy, it is heartbroken as well in their early doors. <laughs> for, to go on and play for Ireland, it's not bad. Like a lot of people probably don't know, but you were you were kicked out of Sligo Rugby Club at one stage. <laughs> a few times, unfortunately. It was a bit of a, bit of a menace back in the day, all right. Um, uh, obviously, I had a bit, a bit of a temper, and the small man syndrome never, never helped. Um, but yeah, I think uh, we were chatting about it earlier. That one time, I think I, I'm not actually sure what I did. Obviously, something, um, something usual. And uh, anyway, I was walking away after Des telling me for probably the fourth time that I wasn't ever going to play for Sligo again. Um, and I kind of called his bluff, so I was walking away, and I was just clapping off to the crowd like. Pretending there was a crowd there as a cheeky pup, and I think it was a uh, Gerdy ended up thinking it was funny, so he started clapping as well. But he had nothing to do with it. <laughs> Des ended up threatening to kick him out of the club, and uh, so then I was walking into the dressing room. And before I got to the dressing room, uh, Gerdy had to uh, he got called in by Des, and he had to write him an apology. And he also told his parents, but I he didn't tell my parents at all, and then I didn't have to write an apology. And I was just back training next week, but Gertie wasn't able to go to training next week, and also had to write, write an apology. So I, I was able to sometimes wean my way back in where others had the misfortune of tagging along. So, so will you um, manage to turn that intensity, that uh, that 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 shy hawking into a good energy, anyways? <laughs> and and uh, if you focus intensity, but you're from a bit of a sports mad family, uh, Connor and Rory. Um, obviously big into the rugby as well. Rory was the captain of the senior team. Connor, when I first came back to to Ireland, I I, I never met the fella. He was only a wee little rug rat before I I'd gone away. But geez, we, we he still is. He's, he's over in New Zealand now, living the absolute dreams. Always. Um, and, and your sister Brona, an amazing football player as well. Um, Carl and Lorraine are very proud of you. Yeah, they're. Um, I think they're great. I think just from us, probably. I mean. My parents are obviously brilliant. Like they didn't play any real sport themselves. Uh, we come from um, show jumping family in Colony, so that's probably uh, tells a lot about the height uh, problems. But uh, none, none of them played any sport, uh, uh, but they just threw us into everything. Like are you, they are you saying sailing isn't a sport? <laughs> oh, don't say that to my dad. Jesus, he's sailing around Ireland today. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, Wish best of luck, but uh, no, they didn't really do any sports. Uh, Dad only took that up when he was like 40, so he, uh, they didn't play anything when they were younger. But they threw us into everything, probably just to get rid of us. Four menaces, like you know, uh, it's better off someone else having them than, than themselves. So they're no, they're brilliant. Um, they had us in, in, in everything, and now they're really involved in the club because of it. And I think, uh, you know, it's great to see them still out there, even though they're we're gone. I have to give a shout out to um to, to, to your mum here uh, to Lozzie's uh, red tomato. Hi <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, anyone anyone looking for a nice chutney or a bit of soup? Get down to the market, Lozzie's food. So we're this episode is sponsored by Lozzie's red tomato. Chutney. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was saying to Stephen that basically there a couple of weeks ago I was I was driving into the the markets with with my with my, my lovely wife to be Marie and she was giving me a bit of a talk about you know just copping on a bit and you know. Tightening up on the, on the spending and saving for the, for the baby coming. I go, okay, okay, points are on board. You're dead right. You're dead right. And then literally, we got out of the car, parked up, and like the first all we saw at the markets is your mum selling the chutney. And obviously, Ross, I, would you like some chutney? 
<laughs> obviously I didn't know we had about three bottles of chutney in the house from Christmas hampers and whatnot. So, so the first thing I did was say, oh, yeah, look, I'll get that chutney off you there, you know. And then uh, obviously this was two seconds after saying, you know, cop on and no one necessary spent in it. And I just got straight away to buy the, the red tomato. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was just like, oh, like, what did they just say to him? So I tell your mum was like, what is going on here? He's just buying a chocolate. <laughs> you should so have brought it back. Yeah, look, no, look, it's 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 going down well. You can see here. So it's a uh, shout out to the reindeer. It's actually d- delicious. So we'll we'll uh, we'll put a picture up of the the red tomato chutney uh, <laughs> and a link to the site. Uh, so oh, she'll be delighted. She will. She'll be delighted. She won't know what to do with all the followers. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just, it, it, it'll break. We'll break the internet with it now, but. So look, Stephen, like, with Sligo then, he went off, um, he came back to us again, which was great. Like, we, that came against BlackRock there about a year ago. Uh, we were the big 10-5 win away. And this is not long after the year before when we, we'd lost that game in the, in, in the, in the playoffs. So there was, there was a lot of uh, fizz in there. But what was your experiences of coming back into us um, that season there two years ago? Yeah, I think it was brilliant. I mean, I think... Obviously, I moved away like to go to the likes of Young Monsters and went, you know, to play in the best level of rugby I could to try and get myself a, a pro contract in Connacht because I wasn't actually playing too much rugby at the time, um, which obviously worked out. But once I sorted that, I was, you know, my eyes were always to come back to Saigo because it's my home club and, you know, you want to be, be a part of all their success. It's sad being away and seeing. Um, the boys go from you know two C to two B, you know, and, and looking to push two A and, and doing such amazing things, um, and not being able to be involved in that, um, when you when you know when you you're eligible to to play, um, so it was actually brilliant to get back to. So I absolutely loved it. The boys are all legends, like, um, Paddy and Easty, like you know they're just really good coaches and all, and the S and C boys in there, like they all do a lot of work, um, behind the scenes and stuff. A lot of lads, but the whole culture in there is unreal. So, like for for me to be able to come back in and 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 feel like I'm a part of the team was was really good on their behalf, uh, I think. And that game against Black Rock, of all games, going to like it was the worst weather I've ever played in. It was torrential rain. I mean, it was the pitch was the complete mud, and it was some storm. I don't think the game wasn't supposed to be played. No, it um, wasn't meant to be played, and it just it just about went ahead. It was ridiculous weather altogether. Yeah. If you, if you kick your box kick into it, it would or it would have went back like completely over your try line. Like that game, that really like you like really the the, the leadership that you showed that game and you, you brought everyone on that extra 15 percent. But that was just such an enjoyable game. Given the, I given think the probably it was it was a forwards on, on a day like that. Like I mean, I was just kind of telling them where to go, but the boys were just unbelievable. Like we were against the wind, we were on our five meter line and we were picking and going literally for like could have been like 30, 40 phases waiting for a penalty to tap and go again and go at it again. So the boys put in a monumental shift that day when, we, you know, it was amazing, to be honest. Great to get a win. Yeah, that, that, that was serious. And then you know, going back into Connacht now, you're currently over with Bristol at the moment. That must yeah. be pretty, pretty crazy. Some of, some of the fellas that you're seeing there in training are like arguably some of the best players in the world right now. Yeah, they're pretty amazing. They're a great group of lads as well. I think um, going over there, I was obviously living with Crouchy at the time. I didn't really know what the story was. I wasn't getting much game time in Connacht. So there's what's the point of being a rugby player if you're not really going to play? So um, I just said to Friendy, look, any chance I can go out on loan? The day I asked, actually asked him to go out on loan, I had uh, just went over and I thought I did my cruise shit and also got a punch in the face by Matt Healy when I was on the ground uh, and then got, went and uh, got my knee checked and ended up saying it was fine so I was actually able to go over to Bristol but the boys over here are just unbelievable like I mean the facilities are class but like you know you're with 
Semi Redrada, like um Steve Lutu, Jonathan, uh, like there's just endless amount of talent um in the club, like it's just absolutely amazing. But uh, what was it like? Obviously, Pat Lamb over there, the three of you have obviously um been around him, his, his environment as well. So, I was first of all, I suppose, what what was it he like as a coach? And what was it like for you to play under in your in your early years, lads? I think I think probably like at the start, like for me anyway, like I was in the academy and there's a scrum half, so there's a lot of detail to learn. And I've come from unstructured rugby to a path where like everything is mapped in a sense. Uh, you, you have to know where what you're going to do in every single position. So I thought that was very tough. But like after having the coaches um, over the last years and learning rugby a bit more, I've always been like, oh, I'd love to go back and play under Pat because I think I'd, you know, I'd, I'd do a lot better. And I've absolutely loved being under him. It's 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 tough, but uh, I think you become a really good rugby player under him, and I probably appreciate him more this time around. Uh, I don't know about the other lads. Uh, Conan, I was just that like, talk about Pat Lamb there. I just I got one of the last stories I got about you today before I came on the show was uh, I was told to ask you about your first appearance for Connacht. slash rugby player. Let's get this one out of the way. Oh, I don't know what's worse, the first or second appearance. I heard I've got the second. Um, I've got the story for the second appearance too, Valerie. Go on. Oh, uh, so you know where when you make your debut for a team, you have to sing a song. Your initiation. Okay. Uh, so we were playing. Carlo came on for four minutes, and then like we won, so everyone was like, "Oh, come on, sing the song, sing the song." So I was thinking, "Oh, this must be my initiation." And I just really joined the team because I trained with the academy, so I didn't really know the lad at all. I just trained with him that week because I got a few injuries, so I got lucky to get a game. And then, um, so you know, where the Sligo wears the Sligo song when they win, but I thought it was my initiation, so I started singing Valerie by Wemmy Winehouse. So I was like, Sometimes I go out by myself. And everyone was like, No, 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 no. Feels of that and right. And I was like, Oh, no. I was just cringing to myself. Um, I don't, I'd only really heard um, Feels of that and right from the chorus. I never knew the start of it either. So I just jumped right into the chorus and I was like, oh, all right. And I just go, no, <laughs> From there, oh. the top of my lungs. And everyone was just like, oh my God. And then the, the kit manager was like, look, look, I'll take it. And then it just goes, my lonely prison. And then it started. <laughs> I was there like holding my face, cringing oh, in the background, being like, what have I just done to myself? That's unreal. I had a good laugh at that one. And then Kamira Tennis is this about fourth, appear, fourth, fourth official slash uh, debut. Talk us through that one, or actually, Killian, you seem to know the story well there. You might give it to us. So no, that was the second one. Go on, go on. <laughs> that was the second one. So the week after my debut, I was against Ospreys, and I didn't get a game. And then the week after that was against Zebra, and we were hammering them. And then we had a Kiwi uh, fitness coach or SNC coach, and I could barely understand what the best of times he was mumbling the whole time. And he asked me... Uh, Dave Heffernan and it could have been Alton Delan or Shane Delahunt. Oh no, it wasn't Shane Delahunt, it was Dave Heffernan. But he asked the three of us to like come over to him from the warm-up place. And I was like, oh, it must be coming on. So the two boys run on and he like looks at me and says something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh? And I looked at his uh, I looked at the kit man's hand who was like doing the subs and he had three cards in his hand. And I was like, oh shit, I must be going on. So I run onto the pitch and I'm like, yeah, Dennis, come off, you're off. And he goes, I'm <laughs> off already. And I was like, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm on. He goes, all right. So I was, played about 20 minutes of the game, half hour. Uh, in fairness, I did pretty well. Like, scrums went well, and we won by, a, like, a big margin. And then I was walking into the dressing room, happy out, like, got more than four minutes this time. And then the marketing lady was like, oh, Joyce, he's looking for you, who does the subs. 
And I was like, oh, smiling away. Yeah, yeah, really? So I go up to Joyce and I was like, oh, I hear you're looking for me. He goes, you subbed yourself on, you bollocks. And I was like, what? He goes, you are meant to go on at all. Apparently, Pat Lamb was in the stand and the mics, everyone be like, what is Conan on? Where's Dennis? What the hell has happened? Can someone tell me why Conan is on the pitch? So yeah, then I got a, a, a stern word on the Monday being like, we had a big talk about substitutions and the main point of the substitution was Pat told us that like, look lads, um, I like the enthusiasm, but you're not allowed to sub yourself on. This is professional rugby. Um, we could have got the deducted points and not be in European qualifying position. But yeah. thankfully it was our, at home and we never got deducted points. <laughs> He's talking about me, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, Indirectly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so look, we just we kind of skipped over the, the the academy thing. We went straight into the into the Connacht Pro side. But talk us through the the, the academy there, like how full on it was. Like, Killian, you went straight into that um, academy. I said from eighteen. Yeah, jumped in out of school, so seventeen, eighteen ish that summer. Um, I think most lads' first experience of it, you go you go to Garden Car, but that summer you spend your summers down there, kind of put you up in the thing. So. Um, it's weird because the lads who've been to boarding school, the lads who've been to Ross Cray and stuff like that, they fit right in straight away. But for a lot of us, it's, it's just like a big summer camp. So lads, lads tend to go a bit wild. And, you know, the way it works is you're, you're put into houses of four and um, you're, you're given a, a voucher. I think it was 250 euro or something like that. For That's supposed to do you for two weeks, two weeks over there. And uh, I just remember my first summer down there. And I, I can't remember who's house I was in but all I know I was hearing lads from Conan's house Conan went to Tesco with the 250 euro by himself and he bought like I think it was 25 sachets of like fucking fajita mix or uh, <laughs> he, he bought himself some pairs of socks he just decked himself out and the lads the lads had nothing to eat for two weeks these are 18 year olds with no money of their own and like, eating dry pasta and beans for the next two weeks straight so who, who was your academy coaches when you went in um, so the way it was at that stage was it was uh, Nigel who was uh, academy manager he was the top dog um, and then under him you had uh, Massey Lawler and Ambrose Convoy so Massey was they, they both do both um, but Massey was uh, back specifically and then Ambrose forwards uh, with defence um, and obviously set piece on top of that uh, Conan so I might just jump into you here for a little bit uh, before we kind of come towards the, the, the modern times but Jesus Christ, like, I mean, I asked people for one or two stories from you, and I, I, I could probably could have done a podcast alone, but, like, uh, I, I found the boys with information on Wikipedia and the boys, and I typed in your name last time. I didn't need anything from you, but I said, ah, fuck it, I'll see what, the, what Wikipedia has to show for this fella. The so fucking the, surfing. Oh. The first thing that pops up is, O'Donnell is affectionately known as Cruiser Conan around the social <laughs> scene of Mount Manganui. This name stems from surfing on a vodka cruiser-sponsored board. <laughs> Explain. <laughs> oh, before I get into that, uh, that was not me who took all the vouchers in Tesco and bought socks and yes, it was. That was that was Jamie Dever. So thanks for turning oh. that on to me. <laughs> and, and don't get me you can't don't, imagine don't get me started on Crouchy's first week there. Uh, <laughs> okay, sorry, Cruiser Conan. Um, I know we want to hear that story. Yeah, go on, Conan. You started it there. Get it out. What was my first week? Oh, this is like terribly for you boys if we're spending so much time together. <laughs> I, 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 we're all sitting around and, and like none of the boys really knew Crouchy because it was his first summer there. So like me and Steve were there the summer before. So we kind of had a good understanding. We had testing and one of the lads did really good on the CMJ. And we're all sitting around watching TV, not thinking about rugby. And Crouchy just goes to Adam Levy, out of the blue, no need. Yeah, I did better than the speed test than you. And just sitting something, and everyone just looked at him, being like, 
They're like, what? What was the need for saying that? And Cody just sat there with a smug head on him like nothing had happened. Just, just put it out there. And do you want to know why that's a made-up story? Because Adam Levy wasn't there my first year. He came after that. He was living in Lurgan Park with Claffy. He wasn't there at all. It's completely made up. No, it's not. Stephen will back me up. Completely made up. <laughs> we might get him on the show uh, next week. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, Conan, sorry. This, this uh, cruiser Conan. Yeah. So um, I decided to get into a bit of surfing since I moved to New Zealand. And... Um, yeah, so I had a surfboard down in Dunedin, which was on the South Island, and I just moved to the Mount. So I had no contract, and I started to work in a bar there. So I was trying to save a bit of money, so I didn't want to buy another expensive surfboard. So I decided to go on Facebook Marketplace and find the cheapest surfboard I could get. And I seen this one, it was like, it looked big in the pictures, and it looked like it, it'd hold me. So I decided to get it, and then it just, it just happened to have Vodka Cruiser on it. And when I got the surfboard, it turns out I had no leg rope or no like way of putting on a leg rope. It was just like real kind of like shitty plastic kind of material. And for some reason, they put like surf wax on it. And it like obviously wasn't meant for surfing. It was like one of those promotional boards you win when you buy Vodka Cruiser and off license. And I ended, up, I ended up like being stuck with it. And I um, had a little moped. So I drove down to go for a surf on the Vodka Cruiser. But it wouldn't really float in the water. It just kept sinking to the bottom. This so is this is safe to say you. I had a, yeah, it was safe to say I couldn't surf with it. So that's where the nickname bug. Uh, and then we had a guy in the bar called it, Corona no? Rob. Sorry, didn't you sell the surfboard? I sold the surfboard to some little kid on um on Facebook Marketplace. Then the circle of life. <laughs> hey, I fell for it. So you can, I, I I gave him loads of warning, and I was that's like, it. look, it's not. It's not fit for surfing, and he was like, "Look, I still want it." And I was like, "All right." <laughs> I gave him gave him ten warnings, but he, he still didn't listen. And he said, uh, "I thank I appreciate your honesty, but I still want it. I like the look of it." So the uh, the vodka cruiser uh, signal got him. I hope you put a I hope you put an autograph on it. And Conan, tell us this: you were big in Japan. <laughs> yeah, jeez, <laughs> what a spot! Unbelievable. Um, How did the Sunwolves so, come about? So Corey Brown used to be our under twenties coach for Connacht. Uh, he was over in the Sunwolves as the backs coach, and um, I, I forget what happened. I think he just I was like trying to get to Otago for the ITM. My attendant he used to be the Otago coach, so obviously people were just asking about him to me. And then he wrote me in the message, being like, "Oh, um, I hear you're looking to go overseas. Um, are you leaving Connacht?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah." So they've decided not to renew my contract, so I'm trying to go to New Zealand, and. Um, then Corey was like, oh, would you like to come over and play in Japan for the Sunwolves? I was like, yeah, definitely. Why not? And he goes, yeah, like, if you do well, we can get the contract for you next year. So that actually fell through. And I was like, oh, I was pretty upset about it. And then I'd like, no, nothing coming about. And then I was like, also been going to Australia just to play club rugby um, with Bond University. And then the day when I was meant to confirm it, I got a message from Corey that day at like 6 a.m. And I like literally jumped out of bed, uh, looked at my phone, got out of bed, went straight up to the sports ground and asked friend, friend could he release me because I was meant to go to the Sunwolves two days later. So I had to pack yeah. my bags that day and get down to Schlago. And I remember the one thing you telling me was, I remember I told you, I was like, oh, I'm off to meet the Sunwolves tomorrow. And you're like, oh, I love them. Mate. I used to watch them on TV. And every time there's a scrum, they all just go, oh, yeah. right? And the first time I witnessed it, I was just like, in awe, oh, I was on the bench and the scrum was going 
head and everyone was just going full circle going, for about the whole end of the scrum. It was it was incredible. The Japanese fans were just so fanatical. It was awesome. And I just I remember when they uh, like they, they announced you on Instagram or social media or whatever, like just, just thousands of Japanese followers are like, oh my god, <laughs> like, yeah, like they're so happy to have you. <laughs> Yeah, it's the first time they've ever seen a real life anime character. That's why. Fresh. <laughs> no, I still um, I still get DMs off them on Instagram. Every time I put up a story, they they write to me in 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 like the Japanese writing, or sometimes in English. So I um use my my very few Japanese words to reply to them. But when I was there, it was actually my birthday, and they had like a big massive like queue of um people behind the barrister like signing out uh, looking for autographs and pictures and I actually like by the end of it, I got the queue I had a big bag full of presents to get me I had like pajamas sweets and one guy actually gave me a framed photo of me and him yeah, that's really nice <laughs> yeah it was great <laughs> he asked you for some of your hair in exchange <laughs> uh, Conan I can't I have to pull it up here now but this there's a a bit of a twang to your accent and rising in words, and I know you've you've always had a bit of a funky accent, but there's a bit of a New Zealand twist coming in there now, is there? Oh, I hear that's the the regular thing when people move over here. I'm sure you had it when you were living in Christchurch. I as did, well. yeah. It just reminds me about uh, Killian. I think when you came on the phone uh, on Zoom earlier today, there was a very Donegal uh, twang off off your voice. <laughs> <laughs> Onto the Zoom earlier. What's going on there? Don't know. Just I'm, I'm just very musical in my ways, I suppose. Maybe that was all. <laughs> Oh, lovely, yeah. But it, no, it, it was there at the very start, but you came out of it. So, uh, Ca- Counties Manukau, the Ric Flair <laughs> chant. You stole it from us. Sorry? The Ric Flair chant at Counties Manukau. Yeah, so I decided to bring a bit of Sligo to them. So I wanted the, wanted the, the words of True McMorrow to spread around the world. So when I was traveling, I said I'd um, bring, the, bring the Ric Flair chant with me and um, give them a piece of Sligo. Give them a piece of my past and what I'm about. It's 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 cool how small little things like that make a big difference in the dressing room, isn't it? Like, oh, it's great. The lads loved it. They were like, "Wow, what is that?" And I was like, "Oh, we used to do it in Sligo." They're like, "That's the best thing ever." And I was like, "Oh, you should see the original." (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's 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 it's. There's nothing better than getting a good win, and everyone's just dying to get into the change rooms and get get that chant going. So, um, what's the plans now? We going back to counties again, or any sign you come back to Ireland? Um, I've signed with a different Myra 10 team this year, so um, another, team. another team to the another team, the absolute journeyman, another club. I know. Um, no, I just uh, yeah, it didn't really go too well for me in Kenny's last season. I wasn't pretty too happy with what I played, and probably Pukakoe isn't the most entertaining place in the world, so I probably kind of got a bit distracted to stop me from boredom, which probably affected my rugby. So I'm kind of moved. To a better Jesus. town to kind of try and keep me focused. We're going to have the the Georgians and we're going to have the locals there from Counties Manukau coming after after this podcast. <laughs> and then, um, no, no, all right. Well, I know one thing that we can talk about, and I know it's a big fan of the the show here, a big favourite, uh, Willie Rogers. That gang of lads going to Strand Celtic from Portumna. I believe that managed to make its way to to Galway. Yeah, I was in the physio room one day getting a bit of strapping done and then all I could hear was in the background, hello, Maris. So I leaped off the physio table, ran to the dressing room because JP Cooney was playing it on the speaker and all the lads were in stitches and I was just in awe on how they got their hands on it. And I was like, no way, no way. And literally they were just 
bemused by how good it was and they were just cracking up and like they used to re- refer to it like every day and I had heard it maybe four years previous and I don't know how it like resurfaced and going. It's resurfacing. That, that's Can't amazing. get away from Yes. Yeah, so was there any random phrases getting thrown out then in the training pitch was there? There's no, there's no moves oh. made on the back of it. No, not at all in front of friendship and community leader were were name of the back strike moves but that was about the height of it I think. All right, lads, we'll start wrapping it up here. It's like there's ridiculous the stories of ridiculous people played with. Like, if you were to try and make a starting team of the best players you played against, how would you reckon you go with putting one of them together? All three of us. Well, how do we, how do we split this up? I suppose Conan, if you do the tight five, Killian, if you do the back row, and Stephen, if you do the backs. All right, Conan, start there. I'll help you with the tight five if you want. <laughs> Conan doesn't watch rugby. Um, I don't watch yeah. rugby. <laughs> we'll say... What's the name of that t- loose head for South Africa? The ginger fella? Um, yeah. He won the World Cup. Klitschko, is it? Klitschko, yeah. Yeah. Klitschko, yeah. Uh, him, loose head. Tight head will go Ben Franks. Uh, hooker, we will go Richard Hibbard, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Thinking. Yeah. Well, we'll set it for that. Right. That's formidable. Second rows. Um, Crouchy, you can help me out here. My my first game, randomly enough, my first cap for Connacht was against uh, Worcester in Connacht, and my op- I was nineteen. That my opposite number was actually Donico Callahan. Randomly enough, uh, it was his last season with with Worcester, so that's well, that's how was. He was thirty eight then, wasn't he? Thirty eight, thirty nine. Yeah, in around about that. So it was weird. And one way he was finishing, and I was just starting. Um, but yeah, obviously, um, obviously he'd be up there. Other second rows, I don't know. Um, I've never played against James Ryan. I've played with him plenty of times. Other English people, let me see. I don't know who comes off the top of my head. Scott Faraday, I suppose, as well. Another one back row as well. Um, other back rows. Oh, geez, I, I used to I used to hate uh, playing against Nick Williams. Played against him uh, oh, yeah. against Australia. And I played against him when he was in Cardiff as well. He's just such a large human being. Such a boy. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, I'm, Steve should be better at this. Oh, Terrible. Steve, I'm, I'm, I'm Steve the first backs while you, while you look, think for your number seven, right? Yeah, go on. Back yeah, back um, I guess well, we, I, I, I played against uh, Toulouse last year, so a lot of them are some of the best players in the world now. Like DuPont was probably the best nine I played against. Played against Stringer and Mike Phillips in the same game. One came on for the other, which is bizarre. Um, uh, Int Mac. Obviously, plays ten for Toulouse and Peter Aki. Like that whole backline for Toulouse. Like you had Uge, they're unreal. In the twenties, you have Jordy Barrett there. Played against him in New Zealand and Sean Stevenson, two sickos. Um, obviously, then there's like the Lancer and Monster Boys. Like they're all pretty good as well. But you're look, you know, looking from abroad, I think they're a lot of the big players. Like I mean, it's hard to look past a lot of the Toulouse team. They're obviously won the. Um, Champions Cup there this year, yeah. and um, you know I'm, I, I don't know about G boys, but some of the better players we would have played against. I mean, obviously at the time, like you know Joe Marchant when he played with, uh, and even Max Malin both played with the English under twenties team. Uh, they're both playing with England now. They're unbelievable. And Jordy Barrett, obviously, when he played New Zealand twenties, like you know when you're playing against those lads, when you're playing twenties, they're just like it's like men against boys. Like they're just insane you know they're going to go on to do amazing things like you know all right good stuff boys and we'll, we'll start wrapping it up now so advice um advice to any fellas playing now at the moment what would be yeah sound um no look um i think a lot of it's to do with uh, think how much joy you can get of it. enjoy it while you can when you're younger um some, some of the most fun rugby i ever played was 
Sligo and Summerhill. Um, I can still remember going on an under fourteen trip away to London, uh, a tour with, with Sligo boys. Some memories from that I'll never forget. That 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 Summerhill game against the Grammar, things like that. Um, when it becomes your job, you certainly get a lot of joy out of it, but you, you have to take it a hell of a lot more serious. And there, there's ups and downs with that. Um, but when you're younger, yeah, definitely take more more joy out of it. And as Steve said there too, don't stop. The one thing that came into my head, into my head when he said it was um, Jack Regan, who, who Conan uh, spent a lot of time with this year. You know, I would have played underage with him. You know, he did go to underage career, but he left Leinster and went to Ulster and it, it just didn't happen from up there for one reason or another. He, he had some back injuries, he had other injuries. and It just didn't fall into place, you know. And he, he went to New Zealand with kind of a bit of hope, I suppose, more than anything else. And look, he worked hard and things fell into place. He got into that into the Highlander squad down there. He's after signing a three-year contract over in Wales. And if you told him 18 months ago, you know, when he was in an Ulster Academy that in, you know, not before very long, you're going to have a professional contract. You're going to be, you're going to be playing with Alan Jones in Wales. And, you know, things are going to be bright. He probably would have, you know, said, nah, go away after that. But yeah, look, enjoy it as much as you can. And if, you, if you're sure that it's really what you want to do, just go after it. It'll be, if there's a way there, you just have to kind of find your way through. Well, yeah. Going on? Oh, probably less is more. But like, if you're going to do less, kind of make it real, real good quality rather than like doing a half hour of shout. Maybe five minutes of good stuff is better than a half hour of bad stuff. <laughs> All right, Stevie. I think just enjoying it, as Christ, you saying 100%. And like, I mean, I guess if you do get to the level or if you are looking for something and it might not happen for you, don't stop. Because, like, I mean, obviously, for the likes of Conan there, going across to, like, his 100 clubs, um, you know, it's, mm-hmm. he's still getting to see an amazing amount of places, get to play in crazy opportunities. And I probably only noticed that this year when I came across to Bristol. Um, you know, there's new opportunities around the corner. So, um, just if you really enjoy it, just keep going at it. And no matter what you're at. Good stuff, boys. Well, listen, we'll wrap it up with that. As I said to you, we're all very proud of you in Sligo of what you've done and the, the examples you've set for the young guys coming through. So thanks a million for your time, boys. And I uh, re- really, really enjoyed the chat tonight. Okay, so best of luck in the futures, whatever they hold. And, and Conan, I hope you play for another 100 clubs. As long as you finish in Sligo, that's all right, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> play for Navon again. <laughs> It's all right. He's, n- he's never going to lose that burst of pace anyway. He'll be all right. He can play forever. <laughs> I'll do, boys. I'm going back to where the beach is near. Oh, the beer is dear. There's plenty of women out the crack. Walking around the one second. The whistle is gone. Stand, and smuggled over. That's your back. By the river side, well, I'm being told that Average Joe's does not have enough players and will be forfeiting the championship match. So bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. Terry tried to end the ride and clean out over the fence. Now he definitely is a Cotton. Jesus, he's telling him. In the bookie shop, I done.